Hola, hijo, ¿cómo está? Bien, ¿y usted? Aquí, mi amor, extrañándolo siempre. For nine months, their phone has been the only bridge between this family and their son. Extrañándolo bastante. When six-year-old Ariel and his father Jesus crossed the U.S. border last spring, they were detained by U.S. immigration authorities. Then, he says, forcibly separated. No, I'm not giving him away. You'll have to kill me first. They turned me around and put my back against the wall. And they put him in a room. And when I turned around, my son was no longer there. This family, one of thousands, caught in the crosshairs of the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy, a controversial tactic that continues to divide the nation. If they feel there will be separation, they don't come. You let kids be separated without tracking them. Do you know how outrageous that is? The policy on hold for now. The full impact unknown. Countless families still broken. Now, Jesus is on a journey to try to get his son back. Joined by 28 other parents who were not only separated, but then deported, their children left behind. These parents have been incredibly traumatized by the separation from their children. They are risking their freedom again, hoping to make their families whole and gain refuge in the U.S. With the help of immigration attorneys like Erica Pinheiro. I don't know that I would have the courage to do it. The U.S. asylum system is designed to deter asylum seekers. It's designed to break the will of people who want to seek safety in the United States. On May 16, 2018, I made the decision to travel to the United States with my son. The father and son left Honduras, they say, after threats were made on their lives, a danger made more real when the same gang members killed Jesus' brother-in-law. But by the time they reached the border, the United States had announced a new crackdown on migrants, some saying at the time it was designed to be a deterrent. If you are smuggling a child, then we will prosecute you. And that child may be separated from you as required by law. Jesus, who asked us only to use his first name for his safety, says nothing else mattered once Ariel was taken. When I was in detention, I shook the bars and said, tell me please, what is going on with my son? Where do you have him? I know my son is not okay because he misses me, I said to them. The distraught father says he was then given a document in English to sign that he thought was his first step towards asylum, but instead, he says, it was his deportation order. When he told me that I'd be returning to my home country, but that my son would stay here, at that moment, I cried and cried and cried. Though he felt tricked, Jesus says he was willing to leave the country, but not without his child. I told him it was fine if they didn't want to give me asylum, but to give me back my son since I was leaving. And they said, well, sir, no one steals children here. Your son is doing well, and we'll give him back to you at the airport. But when he arrived at the airport, no sign of his little boy. They kept lying to him and telling him that he would be reunified in a few days or his son was going to be on the plane when, when they went back to Honduras. He's not the only father that they had to physically, forcibly put on the plane to be deported without his child. Immigrants are welcome here. Meanwhile, the public reaction growing increasingly alarmed about the human cost of zero tolerance. What purpose has, have you been given for, for separating? 
parents from their children. So my decision has been that anyone who breaks the law will be prosecuted. Then this recording obtained by ProPublica from inside a detention facility. Outrage was swift. Child internment camps, that's what I said. We're signing an executive order. It's about keeping families together. Just two days later, the controversial policy coming to an end. But the government had not tracked which parents and children belonged together, leaving the task of reuniting the families largely to NGOs, like Al Otro Lado, Spanish for on the other side. When we do the government's job by finding the parents, bringing them back, identifying where the children are, and putting everything in place for them to be reunified, they still put all these roadblocks in our way. Elmer received death threats for his work as a policeman investigating a murder back home in Honduras. But it was after his 15-year-old daughter Marisol started receiving threats too that he decided they needed to make the treacherous journey north. When we arrived at immigration, they sent us to the so-called ice boxes. And that is, I'm not going to explain. I cannot find the ways to express what we went through in there. She was shivering and telling me, Daddy, I can't take it anymore. And she spent all night shivering with the fever. And they took her away and they told me, look, we are going to take your daughter so that she can get changed. And I never saw her again. And I, with my tears, waited to see when he would come. And that's how the days passed. He didn't show up. Marisol, who asked us not to show her face, was held in a detention center for migrant youth in Florida for six months. They assign you a number. I mean, they don't call you by your name there. They almost never call you by your name. They call you by your number. Because why do you think they call it the kennel? I mean, because there are cages, like a kennel, huge cages. And young girls who were five years old, six years old, nine years old, and they cried and the policeman who watched us said to them, shut up, you crying girls, I have a headache, I don't want to hear you. Eventually, relatives in Wisconsin were able to take her in. There are days of joy and days of affliction and sadness, but everything happens, I said to her. Someday, we'll be together, I said to What I've seen in a lot of these cases, the kids hold a lot of resentment toward their parents, because even if they understand intellectually that their parents did not abandon them, emotionally, they can't process that. Six-year-old Ariel was held in detention before spending six months in a shelter until relatives were finally able to take him. What was he like when he first got here? He was, he was, he was sad. He, he didn't really remember stuff. Still raw and still so young, Ariel's American cousin Elvis helps tell his story. As he spends more time here, he's being more active and he's, and he's thinking a lot better. But I'm very happy that he's, he's communicating better since he knows that his parents are coming very soon, hopefully. Nearly a year after their unwilling farewells, Jesus, Elmer, and dozens of other parents are once again steps from the U.S. border. My biggest worry is that some of the families that we're traveling together will be separated. It's really ICE's decision. Erica and a small army of volunteers ready the families for the crossing. Emiliano Lopez, 
armed with petitions to get their children back. What's the best case scenario for you? That they let them through. <laughs> that they let them out the other side. We're just going to walk over and I'm going to go up to the front and tell them why we're there and then take it from there. Together, the families approached the Calexico port of entry. Their fate, uncertain. I tried to stay kind of positive for the parents, but I had to tell them the truth. You know, they told me I'm scared, and I'm like, I'm scared too. This is stressful, you know? And I don't know what's going to happen. And I kept telling the parents, you have to prepare for the worst. Estamos en conversación con los oficiales, okay? Immediately, they run into the first roadblock. They're saying that they don't have capacity to process these 52. We know that they have the ability to process these families and release them uh, immediately from the port of entry. They just, they don't want to. Ten hours of negotiations later. Success. The doors open. One step closer to their children, but stepping foot into a world with no guarantees. It's random, you know, there'll be two families with the same facts. One can get rolled out, another could get separated. It's really the luck of the draw. When we come back, a rare look inside an immigration detention center and a boy still waiting for his father. Will these families be reunited? Hi everyone, George Stephanopoulos here. Thanks for checking out the ABC News YouTube channel. If you'd like to get more videos, show highlights, and watch live event coverage, click on the right over here to subscribe to our channel. And don't forget to download the ABC News app for breaking news alerts. Thanks for watching.